I feel like uh, I could like ace a test on who's going to score the first touchdown in this game. Everybody that wants to can and will score if they get into the red zone. She's got seven mil in her bank account, and I am guaranteeing a win on both those picks. Brian has the worst fucking picks ever. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition of Never Hedge. I'm your host, Koozie, here as always with my co-host Shane and our beloved editor, Brian. This is our first Thursday night episode, so let's break down how this works. We're going to give you our deep dive into Thursday night football. We'll go over the college football slate, we'll go over the NFL plays for the weekend, and we'll finish that off with uh, some of our TD props for Thursday night football. Congrats to all who tailed Cam Newton plus 600 on Monday night. That first TD hit easily, never a doubt. We're going to wrap things up by roasting Brian just for the sake of roasting Brian. It's me, it's Shane, it's Brian Silva. Let's do it to it. Brian, cue the motherfucking theme song. Do you like how this podcast ends with you getting roasted? Absolutely love it. So you didn't really get that involved last week, but I thought I'd kind of just bring you in right from the beginning and, uh, you know, chirp you. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm ready. I wasn't expecting this, so this is the first time hearing of it. Yeah, well, you're, you're lucky. Okay, so Thursday Night Football, Colts-Titans. This is actually, I think for like the sake of just the NFL, I think it might be the best Thursday Night Football game we've gotten all year. You've got two really staunch defenses, and I've got to play on. I've got to play on this game, and I actually like it a lot. But Shane, I'm going to kind of just let you go into your thoughts on the game, and then we can kind of you know break down what our thoughts are. I don't think this is one of your NFL plays, but um, before we get into first TDs, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, I was actually looking at the Colts earlier today, and they got absolutely hammered today. Uh, I was I like the Titans, and then. People much smarter than me with much more money decided that they like the Colts. So I'm going to stay away from that one. The injury reports for both teams are a mess, but I believe pretty much everybody is coming back on both sides of the ball. So it should be a good one. Like you said, best Thursday night game of the year, which isn't too hard, but uh, should be a good one. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's been a while since we could look at a Colts-Titans matchup and actually be like legitimately entertained. So I'm excited for this one. I really, really love the under 48.5 this week. Um, So you've got a Colts defense that for a long time was the best in the NFL. Uh, I think they might've just dipped below that uh, the last couple weeks, but uh, combine that with the Titans defense. It's extremely staunch. They've got playmakers on both sides of the ball. Adore Jackson is back for the Titans. Uh, and I just don't see, I just don't see a ton of points being scored here. So I'm taking the under 48.5. It kind of, granted, the Jets Pats did not go the way I thought it would in terms of the scoring. That one went over, but we saw that first drive by the Jets. It was seven minutes for you know a three point field goal. I think we're going to see a little bit of that again. Long methodical drives. I just don't know if the points are going to get there. So. I really like the under 48.5 here. Uh, it's going to be a strategic war. You've got two really smart head coaches. 
And I think that number probably comes in high 30s, low 40s. So take the under. I hate giving out unders, but this is just one that I think you got to take. Yeah, I mean, Monday night of under was going to be good too, except Flacco turned into the best quarterback uh, in the NFL for a brief stretch mm-hmm. and just absolutely toasted you. Well, I was mad because I was on the Jets' money line there as well. But uh, we'll take a first touchdown hit, which we obviously love. Uh, Shane, usually I like to give out three or four of these, but I've only got two this week. But I love both of them for first TD. I've got the numbers to back it up. All my reasoning, it's laid out. It's written out. It's, you know, I feel like uh, I could like ace a test on who's going to score the first touchdown in this game. So I'm going to give you my first one, and then we'll switch over to you. Okay. Let's run Johnu Smith. Johnu Smith plus 1,200. So this year has been targeted nine times in the red zone. He's caught seven of those targets for six TDs. Ryan Tannehill, Johnu Smith, and like within that 20-yard line, they love each other. It's old faithful. I mean, and also, Shane, we just love our, our tight ends for uh, first TD props. So – John U. Smith plus 1,200, hit it, never look back. You'll thank me later. Also, uh, I'm going with Humphreys, 19-1, to 1, uh, fourth in red zone targets at a trusty 75% completion rate. You know, he's got sure hands. I think I would give him that. So I'm going with Humphreys, 19-1, to 1, and I'm also going with Hines, 17-1. to 1. Uh, He doesn't have too many rushes in the red zone, only 10, but with a touchdown, But on the other side of that, he has the second most red zone passing targets on the team. So going with Humphreys 19 to 1 and Hines 17 to 1. See you at the window. All right. My second pick, I'm going with Zach Pascal. He leads the Colts in red zone targets with 10. Granted, he's only caught four of those passes, but two of them have been for touchdowns. Uh, This is a guy the first four weeks of the season, or first five weeks, excuse me. He got targets of three, four, four, eight, and two. Over those five weeks, last three weeks, he's gotten 21 targets or excuse me, 19 targets, uh, really just getting more involved in the passing game. Philip Rivers likes to look for him, you know, when you're close to pay dirt, I think it's 16 to one. It's a no brainer. Uh, so we're taking Zach Pascal plus 1600 to score that first touchdown. You got a little action on both sides of the ball. Uh, Pascal, Johnu Smith hit him and never look back ever. If you're feeling frisky. Uh, I saw Philip Rivers' insane monster number out there. Maybe he decides to turn back the clock. Has Philip Rivers ever like turning back the clock would imply that at one point Philip Rivers did run the ball, which I don't know if uh, that's ever happened. Well, he had the best clip of the year trying to tackle the fumble returner, so it's got to give him I, something in the ratings. He did try though, and that's worth in my book. That's worth a lot. So that's our little Thursday night recap. Good luck to everyone who tails. Let's uh, let's break into college football because I have two games that I absolutely love. Shane, I know we're on the same side of one of them. So let's just start with that. Uh, can Shane, can you tell me, just off the top of your head, name one team who's covered the spread in every single game they've played in this year? Oh, uh, well, at a minimum of six games. At a minimum of six games. Oh, uh, I believe that's the Arkansas Razorbacks. And where are they playing this week? Would that be Ben E. Griffin Stadium? Uh, Yes, it is. So we've got the Arkansas Razorbacks going to the Swamp to face Florida. 
Now, Florida's coming off their biggest win of the year. They absolutely smashed Georgia. Uh, you they could be just, Georgia's quarterback, though. Well, thank you. I do have a nice arm. Uh, but the book on Florida, we know. Kyle Trask, all he does is score touchdowns. And all their defense does is seemingly give up touchdowns unless they're playing, you know, a borderline road Scholar-looking-ass Stetson Bennett. So, Florida, I just think this number at 17 and a half is bonkers to me. Uh, I love Arkansas at 17 and a half. Shane, th- you probably know a little more about this than I do as a Razorback alum. But I do feel like the loss of Sam Pittman on the sidelines is a little worrisome. Uh, well, see, I actually kind of, while he is kind of the the manager, you know, he's the... He's the dad of the team, and I'm not not to say that he's not important, but uh, it's not like Saban and Muschamp where they have their hands directly in the defense, or Gus where he's involved in the offense. Uh, I mean, we have two great coordinators in Barry Odom uh, and Kendall Bryles that are pretty much the X's and O's guys, especially uh, with Odom, a former SEC head coach himself, is taking over this week as a head coaching duties. So I like to think that his role uh, really won't be too missed in the game uh, as far as X's and O's goes. So another thing, uh, Kyle Pitts is still questionable. Uh, If you watch the Georgia game, he got absolutely smoked over the middle. Uh, If the other kid didn't get ejected for the hit, he would have been out with a concussion because he basically knocked himself out. Uh, So, and, you know, the coaches... They know the spreads. They know that they're seventeen and a half point favorites. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's any really reason to rush back what I think is the most uh, dominant player in college football uh, for a seventeen and a half point spread game. Now, I do like uh, our chances either way, but uh, especially uh, Traylon Burks on the Arkansas side. Uh, he's the only player uh, to have a perfect passer rating when targeted. Uh, so I look for him to continue, continue dominating this Florida pass defense that is pretty much by all accounts awful. I think the biggest key for Arkansas here is it's just the time of possession. Um, you have to keep that Florida offense off the field and Felipe Franks, you know, this is a bit of a revenge game for him. He's going back to the swamp, uh, kind of. Felt like he got tossed aside after the injury against Kentucky last year. You know, Trask comes in, and that offense kind of takes off. So there's definitely a sense of, you know, Frank's trying to come back against his old team. And then he's just got this Arkansas team that, regardless of the talent that they're playing and how good their team is, they show up every single week. I just don't understand that 17 and a half point line. I think again, methodical drives, you know, grind it out, use that clock, keep Kyle Trask off the field as long as you possibly can. And if they don't turn the ball over, I just have a really hard time seeing Florida get to that number. So give me Arkansas plus 17 and a half all day. Love that line. Uh, and we'll call the hogs. Yes, sir. What is it? Woo. Pig, suey, razor, vax.
We should start just – we'll just bet on Arkansas every single week. Do you get goosebumps <laughs> when you do that? Uh, always. I'm tearing up. All right, Shane, what is uh, – what's your first college – well, I guess maybe your second college football game. All right. I'm going over to the Conference of Champions, or the lack thereof. Uh, even I'm going actually back to a loser last week. Uh, I'm going back to USC. Now, there's a very good chance – that it's just going to be an absolute derp off between someone and Elton. I can't believe you're. I can't believe you're dipping back into. I absolutely not for me. But, but I mean, USC drove the ball up and down the field, uh, and they just couldn't get out of their own way. They had nearly 600 yards, almost ran 100 plays. Uh, they had three fumbles, two that were in the red zone, one interception, one at the fucking one yard line. <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'm just really pissed. About, I. They're dead to me. They're dead. And three turnovers on downs, all in the Arizona State territory. So that's kind of another thing that I like, that they're uh, going for it, being more aggressive, even though they were down and kind of had to some. still like that he's not being a complete derp. So the main thing there is the defense. They gave up 258 on the ground, 6.8 yards per carry. But Jaden Daniels accounted for 111 of that. And Grant Gannell... You can Google him and instantly tell that he's no Jaden Daniels. Just a big three-star pro-style quarterback. And Kevin Sumlin isn't exactly a quarterback whisperer. And he owes Johnny Manziel a lot of money for all future earnings. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kevin Sumlin just – I forgot he was at Arizona. So did he. So <laughs> so even Keaton Slovis uh, with a great game, he kind of looked a little rusty on some of the throws if you watch it. And then heated up at the end. Let's look for them to shake a little bit of the – the turnovers are mostly kind of lucky. Uh, well, as far as recovering fumbles go, that's kind yeah. of the luck of the bounce. It opened up eleven. It's been up, been up, been bet up to fourteen. But I'm still pretty low on Arizona, so I will be partaking in the Trojans minus fourteen. I think I'm just going to take Arizona because I fucking hate USC for last week. They're dead to me. Um, hey, we'll we'll do it against each other and take out the Vig. Yeah, I mean. It just doesn't feel right. This might be an unpopular pick. I think a lot of people want to just ride this team because they just knocked off number one Clemson. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish are going to Chestnut Hill, facing BC. They're 14-point favorites. And I couldn't love Boston College more if I tried. This is a team that, before Notre Dame, nearly knocked off the Clemson Tigers in Death Valley uh, just a couple weeks ago. So you will get BC... They've got a really talented quarterback in Phil Jerkovich. He hasn't turned the ball over in his last three games. And for me, that is the big key here. I don't think Notre Dame offensively is good enough to blow you out. Unless, you know, unless you beat yourself. If you're turning the ball over, you know, fumbling, throwing interceptions, whatever, they will do that to you. And I think you kind of look at this as a situation where maybe Notre Dame is riding a little bit high. They might start a little flat. Uh, if you believed in hedging, Maybe if BC scores that first touchdown, you take Notre Dame live or something like that. Obviously, we would never do that. If you do that, unsubscribe. Yeah, please just stop listening right now. I think the Golden Eagles say in the number, BC plus 14 is my lock of the week. Absolutely love it. Really hope I don't have to get memed for this take. Actually, they liked how aggressive they were against Clemson, too. Uh, you know, they're pulling out all the stops. I mean, they know when they're underdogs and when you got to do that little bit extra to go get a win. All right. Mr. Shane, 
We're going to you, third college football pick. You've got an under, which, again, Brian, cue the boo. You've got an under. I've got an under. A Friday night under. Everybody can have a good Friday night. Have a good Friday night and root for the football game that they're watching to be as boring yeah. as possible. I want to go to the bar and root for no points when well, when I'm watching a football game. That's if fun. It's so if it's so bad, it's good. But if it's like just borderline, then that's not good. Okay, yeah. so we are going with the Minnesota and Iowa under. Uh, now, if you look back at this Minnesota offense. Uh, they've put up just 41 against Illinois, not just, they've put up 41 points against Illinois and 45 against Maryland in overtime. But if you look at how this happens, uh, it's pretty easy to see Maryland is just one of the worst offenses in the nation. They've given up 117th and finishing drives, meaning everybody that wants to can and will score if they get into the red zone. 114th in stuff rate, which basically just means they're getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. So then last week they played Illinois. He was ranked 118th in defensive efficiency and 128th in defensive touchdowns. So while on the surface it looks like Minnesota's offense is actually clicking on all cylinders, but I think it's more than likely they're just playing some of the worst defenses in the league. Matchup-wise, Iowa can be exposed in the passing game. They're ranked 90th. But Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner Morgan, is only averaging around 200 yards a game. So I think that they're going to have to try to get the run game going. But it actually turns out that their run defense is 13th in the nation. So I think we're going to hold our breath, go for an under here, root for it, get all your friends to bet on it, and then you can all have a bad time together. So we're going with under 58, Minnesota and Iowa. I'm going to just not taken under although that's probably gonna win oh wait yeah i guess i don't know i find myself just taking a lot of unders recently i don't like who i'm becoming on the other this side of the ball not... just they just played sparty who knows they scored 49 against sparty but we know how sparty is just the big 10 and hole at a hole is just a disaster replace them with the mac shane i just i just don't think i can bet on the big 10 anymore like in good faith but let's uh let's go to the nfl so we gave you our thursday night picks again to recap those i gave you uh colts titans under 48.5 really like it first td johnny smith plus 1200 zach pascal plus 1600 and shane what were your pits you had humphreys at plus 1900 humphreys 19 to 1 and i had let's go see what we had Hines 17 to 1 Okay, so those are your four first TDs. Guys, if we hit one out of three of these, that is, we're making money. So play these with, you know, just, they're a fun free roll, fun way to just hit a big-ass number. But uh, let's go into the NFL. So, Shane, I'll lead it off here. I love, love, love the Ravens minus seven in Foxborough. So, Lambjack hadn't really looked like the guy who won the MVP last year until the second half against that dominant Colts defense. He didn't throw a single incompletion. He scored a touchdown on the, on the ground. Um, just absolutely flawless. And we're looking at a new England offense. that just doesn't 
have playmakers. I mean, we talked about it, you know, when we gave out Jets plus 10. I just don't buy into this New England offense being able to win games against good teams. They really have to be flawless in order to, you know, be competitive. And as much as I love Cam Newton, uh, the modern day version of Cam is kind of turnover prone. So I'm taking the Ravens minus seven. I think Lamar really kind of gets back into that MVP mode. Um, That regression that we've seen from, you know, the previous year, it's starting to wear off. The rust is coming off. I think the Ravens probably win by two touchdowns here. I feel terrific about this game. Hammer the Ravens. Never look back. Thank us later. Yeah, looking back at last year, I mean, that Ravens-Patriots game was an eye-opener for how much potential that team had. And like we said last week, John Harbaugh is turning into one of the more aggressive coaches, and I think they uh, outperform their expected amount that they'll cover spreads just because of how aggressive they are, and it's not really caught up to the market. So for my last NFL pick... I will be going back to the well, your well, your 55 billion unit well on the Broncos over. We saw we kind of see Drew Glock struggle in the first half when the games are closer mm-hmm. because he is just absolutely awful under pressure. He's last in passer rating when blitzed with only 32% completion rate and 3.2 yards per attempt when he's pressured. Now, and it's worth noting Shane, that in that comeback against the Chargers, in the second half, he had, I believe, 2.9 seconds uh, to throw the ball in the pocket, which I think was almost a full second longer than the Chargers were giving him in the second or in the first half. So when you give Drew Locke time, don't get me wrong, the guy can complete passes. But teams that can get home, if you got a front seven that can get home on Drew Locke, you really kind of neuter that effectiveness. That's kind of why you see him turn into the next coming of Patrick Mahomes in the second half when the defenses soften up and don't want to allow the big play. But the Raiders only blitz 18% of the time, which is second lowest in the NFL. They're 30th or 20th in pressure rate and 26th in pass defense DVOA. So if you give him time, that's also why a spread is absolutely never safe if you're on the other side of Drew Glock because he can and will fire at you in the second half dude he almost did it last week i broke my one rule i bet on the falcons and i also broke my other rule which is don't bet on the jets i broke all there's this new movie it's coming out it's called breaking all the rules it's starring me and we bet on the falcons we bet on the jets and both of them covered but drew lock down 21 352 left touchdown 155 left touchdown then they get the ball back with like less than a minute. And I'm like, oh my God, the Falcons are really going to do this again. They did hold on. But uh, you just, Shane, like you said, you can't give Drew Glock anything because he'll kill you. He'll he kill will. you. And on the flip side of this, Derek Carr is getting some MVP chatter, not from very smart people, but he's getting some. And he's actually been one of the most efficient deep ball passers all year. Uh, but they just don't throw the deep ball enough. And finally, in the past couple weeks, uh, they're really starting to air it out downfield. Uh, Aguilar and Ruggs are both he's getting more comfortable with. 
and John Gruden is getting more confident in his ability to air it out downfield. So I think we see a ton of points here. So I'm going with Broncos Raiders over 51. I also, I mean, just on a separate note, the draft pick of Henry Ruggs is so Al Davis. Like <laughs> that, that was Al Davis from the grave making that draft pick. And I'm not saying, you know, I think Ruggs is a fine player, but I, I just don't know how you think he's the number one wide receiver in that draft. I have some but, rugs rookie card, so I hope he turns into Jerry Rice. <laughs> I also have a rug or a few rugs rookie cards. Shane and I are really big in the card collecting business right now, so if you're into that sort of thing, uh, you can DM Never Hedge and talk to us about it. Uh, Shane, so you gave out your master's plays last week, or at least some of them. But uh, on the Instagram, you posted you know some matchups, some guys to finish in the top 10, some guys to finish in the top five. This pod will be out by 6 a.m. Thursday morning. So for the early birds, let's just run, you know, recap some of your master's plays and, um, you know, how people can find some value on the board when a lot of those futures have kind of been swallowed up. So, uh yeah, we started, we posted some things on the Instagram, Never Hedge. You should follow it, uh, where we really cool. started We started a master's card from scratch with the current market prices. So we have JT, 12 to 1, Cantlay, 28 to 1, Jason Day, 35, Cam, Cameron, don't call me Cam, Champ, 80 to 1, and the What's Abe Cam answer odds? <laughs> uh, DFL, minus 1,000. Okay. I'll take that. So a couple fun props. We got top 20, Victor Perez, Euro Tour guy, uh, five to one, Cam Smith, two to one, Cam Champ, two to one again, Jason Kokrak, 2.5 to one, and Lee Westwood, 2.75 to one, old Englishman. And we bet Westwood eight to one to be top Englishman as well. So, and a couple other things. I always save a couple bullets in the chamber for <laughs> live live golf betting. It can really be profitable if you see uh, which players are starting on the harder side of Augusta. We know the back nine, uh, amen corner, is part of the hardest stretch. So maybe even tomorrow morning when you're watching coverage, uh, see which guys that you like at the top of the odds chart. Yeah. And Wait, Shane, they can start I, can off I stop bad, your, Can I stop ahead. you right there and just ask a question? So, you know, for – maybe the not biggest golf fan or someone who just, you know, you know, this shit, like the back of your hand, can you just kind of explain maybe how this course is going to play differently in November versus, you know, in the spring? Um, Obviously the conditions are different. We're expecting some rain. Like what are you looking out for in terms of how players are rolling out the groupings, that sort of thing? Like what sort of circumstances are different than your typical masters? Well, for the most part, it actually warmed up a little bit compared to the future forecast that we're seeing. But also with that came a bunch of rain. So when the course gets soft, there's no run out on your drives and et cetera. So you kind of want to favor the bombers. That's why we like, I really like Cam Champ at 80 to one because the bombers, they don't need the additional rollout to get distance because they hit it so far, they carry it so far in the air. So when it gets damp, wet, 
Uh, it really favors the Bombers. So Rory, for instance, uh, he loves playing in the wet. As far as other conditions go, uh, it's I'm not going to say that it's not perfectly pure around Augusta. I think I'd be yeah. arrested if I said that on the airwaves. <laughs> but Rory the golf hardos said, would come for us. They would. We would get canceled. Episode two. So he said that it's somewhere in between dead and perfectly lush as usual. So I don't know exactly what to make that, but, and there's also going to be some different winds. Some of the par fives are actually going to be playing downwind. So look for Bryson to even take more advantage than he would even normally off of these downwind par fives. And like we were saying on live betting, just kind of watch for golfers that are going through the hard stretches or maybe they just drop a shot. And then if you're on your phone looking for live bets, you can get a better price on them than you would pre-tournament that we might not take right now. But say if you get, say Bryson has a bad first round or a Brad bad first couple holes and you can get him at 12 to 1, 15 to 1, then fire away. Use those live bullets. All right, Shane, I'm going to give you a line right here. Over or under one time, and I'm going to say the over is plus 160. We'll go under minus 180. That Bryson chirps at an usher or somebody in the crowd for just doing something that had absolutely no effect on the shot, but he thought it did. We're a cameraman, maybe. Cameraman. There's no, there's not going to be any patrons that we know of. There might be some. No, there are probably be people on the back porch. So I would say yes considering that he just got into a cameraman's way just for recording him, I guess, earlier this year. So yeah. we're going with yes. Yes, he will. Now, how about this for a parlay? Bryson speaks out against a cameraman or an usher, whatever, parlayed with there being a hole-in-one. And I'll give you that number at plus 320. Also, is yes. that not the most? That's the best lock of the. If we had lock, a sports book, if Never Hedge had a book where we could give plays like that, we'd tell you to hammer it. Speaking of, guys, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, we've got a voicemail number set up. It's 702 970 8059. Now, I understand that's a hard number to remember. So let me give it to you one more time 702 970 8059. Five nine, and you can remember that because the last two numbers are five nine. That's Luke Keekley's jersey number. Easy way to remember it. Okay, so Shane, you and I were in a Calcutta tonight uh, with some of our buddies. We had a nice strategy going in, which kind of just got blown up because this thing got a little more expensive than we anticipated. But we do have Bryson DeChambeau, so we're. All going to be wearing our little, you know, Payne Stewart English hats on our heads. I don't, what, do those have a name? Brian, what are they called? I have some concerning news. Driver caps? Is that what they're called? Driver caps? I believe that is correct. Okay. See, Brian, you're getting more involved every week. I love this. But uh, Shane, you're actually going to be coming to Dallas soon and we're going to be wearing our driver caps on the golf course. 
we are. Look for some different betting games and golf, etc. Things to do with your friends that are possibly degenerate. So look forward for that in the future. All right, Brian. Now, I'd be remiss if we didn't have a little section of this podcast for the ladies. Now, this part of the podcast. Fellas, you can turn your volume way, way down. This part of the podcast is just for the ladies. We've got that absolute lock of the week guarantee. Bet your kids college fund on it. Pick brought to you by Brian Silva. All right, ladies, welcome. Welcome, ladies. Men, skip forward 15 <laughs> seconds because that's about how long this will last. Elise Martins, Austria women's tennis, minus three and a half and the under 21. It's kicking off Thursday afternoon, 12 p.m. I love Elise Mer- Mertens. She uh, was beaten in the quarterfinals by the eventual champions of the U.S. Open. Uh, she's coming out hot. I think she is uh, favored to win the entire thing tomorrow. So we're taking Elise Mertens out of Belgium, 24 years old, 5'10". She turned pro back in 2013. She's got $7 mil in her bank account, and I am guaranteeing a win on both those picks. Brian, you just like, maybe you should be running this podcast. What a, what a great <laughs> pick. I hope both of those win for your sake. Or if they both lose, we can just meme you and be like, Brian has the worst fucking picks ever. It's so, a win-win situation for me. I did say at one point we're going to roast you on the podcast, and I guess that's this part of the week. So, uh, or this part of the pod. But again, guys, voicemail number 702-970-8059. We're going to throw that into the description. Uh, What we want to hear is give us your worst bad beats of the week. Like, how did you lose money when you did not deserve to lose money? Because it happens to all of us. Personally, I'm no one's more offended about a bad beat than I am. It shouldn't happen to me, but it does happen to all of us. Tell me about your best wins. Tell us about your futures you're on. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the college football playoff? Whatever you want to talk about, call in, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the pod. We'll talk to you. We'll give you a shout out. Also, go in, subscribe, find us. Never hedge on Spotify. It's really easy. Uh, we just appreciate all the support. We got a ton of downloads on that first episode, and um, I think I speak for all three of us when I say we're just really fortunate to have this opportunity, and it's it's been really fun so far. So let's uh. Let's wind it down with our kind of just our final thoughts of the week. Anything you want to get off your chest, whether it's, hey, I bet on the Atlanta Falcons, I said I never would, or if it's just maybe a pick that, you know, you didn't feel confident enough to give it on the pod, but now, you know, it's push come to shove and you want to share it with everybody else. So, uh, Shane, I'm going to make you go third. You thought I was going to make you go first. Oh, man. So my final thought right now, we've got Maction on. I had Eastern Michigan money line plus 215. Uh, they absolutely fucking blew it and lost in the last six seconds. So my thoughts just as a whole, uh, fuck Eastern Michigan. I couldn't even tell you what their mascot is. I know their colors. They're green and white, kind of like Michigan State. But they're dead to me. I've got nothing else. Final thoughts. First quarter bets always hit. Take a look at them. Make sure you look at them. Over three and a half, first quarter Colts, lock. Minnesota, I know we said no Big Ten. No guarantees on anything, obviously. I'm a gopher fan. Got to ride gophers. 
plus three and a half on uh, Saturday against Iowa. I fucking wait, hate Silva. Iowa. What sound does it go for make? Uh, that is a great question. I, I I don't know. I legitimately don't know. They look like they would make a sound. You know, like dogs bark, cats meow, seals make that sound that's like, and I just, yeah, and gophers go, gophers but gof. what is a gof? What does it sound like? I'm not sure, but next pod, you're going to have the answer for the listeners. Shane, let's, uh, let's finish it off. Okay, first thing, the great thing about a first quarter bet is if it does lose, you have three more quarters to find a winner. <laughs> Second of all, do a little pod parlay. SMU money line, Arkansas money line, Minnesota money line, 35 to 1. So do it, do it for oh, the boys. Oh, I love that. Do it for the boys from I love Hedge. that. All the fucking boys right there. The Never Hedge boys. We got SMU. We got Arkansas. We got Minnesota. The Goves, the Stangs, the Razorbacks. They'll never steer, lead you astray. That is, uh, that's episode two, folks. Big shout out to my boy Shane, my co-host, editor Brian Silva. This kid don't miss. That's episode two. We'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.